Welcome to episode 40 of the Story Not Forgotten podcast. We are brought to you by Capturing Legacies, because everyone has a story to tell, and it's time to tell yours. Visit CapturingLegacies.com to get started. My name is Liam Rathgaber, partner and anthologist with Capturing Legacies, as well as your host. And joining me today is a prolific content creator for all things spooky and supernatural and just fun with horror. She is an actor, a cosplayer, a model. She hosted the Walking Dead 100th episode Red Carpet, the big event that they had for that. Uh, She is the host and star of Best Fiends Forever. She was the star and host of the show Ghosted and also has a new podcast called Let's Get Spooky that I recommend everybody check out (laughs) because it is a ton of fun. Miss Leanna Vamp. Hi, I'm like so I'm blushing right now. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. And because we do what we do without any ado, why don't you tell us a story? So I'm going to tell you a story about a show that I did. It was called Ghosted. And uh, we traveled through the South and we went ghost hunting. Um, the one cool thing about it is it was a, a travel show, but it also incorporated the aspect of uh, going to a new place, trying the food, learning the culture, uh, learning the ghost culture and the haunted culture, and then going ghost hunting at night. So I went into this journey always being a fan of that, always wanting to ghost hunt and just never quite having the opportunity, um, being in the right place at the right time to actually do it. So it was perfect to do it for a show because I get to document all of my experiences. I get to look back on those experiences. And going into the show, um, as we first started going ghost hunting, there would always be um, local ghost hunters that kind of traveled along with me to Mm -hmm. teach me new things, tell me the history, um, tell share spooky stories, and then to go ghost hunting together. Yeah, to so, use that radio thing that you used in the first episode. Yeah, the spirit box. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, so as we started this journey, it was um, very exciting for me. I was really pumped every night. I just, we'd like get through the daytime stuff and I'm like, thank God it's nighttime, it's dark, let's go <laughs> ghost hunting. And uh, the very first, very first like prolific experiences that I have that really were like, wow, that I can't explain was... Um, Like I get even goosebumps thinking about it right now because there was, when you watch a ghost hunting show, immediately you're like, well, it, they could have faked that. Like, or it's an old house. It might be breezy. It might be creaky. Maybe it's just doing that on its own. Exactly. So there's always you trying to debunk things. And I think someone that is a good ghost hunter does that. Mm -hmm. Immediately you're thinking, here's the checklist of things that it most likely is. And if we can cross all of those things off the list, then we probably got something. Um, So when that first happened to me, I remember we were in New Orleans and we were in the upstairs and the name of the place is is escaping my mind right now. We were upstairs in this room and we had the spirit box and everyone is kind of, we're sitting on a bed and we're like in a, I mean, like we're sitting in front of each other. There's a couple of other people. And I just felt something around me. And it was the weirdest sensation I had felt the first for the first time. Well, and on camera, you could see that moment on the show where you just sort of tense up, tense up a little yep. bit, like there's something going yeah. on. And the crazy thing is, I think as, as my story continues, I'll get to the point where there's something that's actually like, it's actually a thing. Um, but a lot of these experiences, ghost hunting, it's a personal experience. Mm-hmm. So I could, I could have a feeling I could have, I could see something, but unless it's either caught on camera recorded or other eyes have seen it, you're going to think I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. And even if you tell your mom, your grandma, your best friend, they're going to look at you like, 
Sure you did. You know, <laughs> and even if they want to believe you a little bit, there's always a kind of an inkling of doubt. Um, and as we kind of went on through this journey filming the show, I realized very quickly that all it takes is for you to have one little thing. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. It's just a feeling for you to know that you felt, saw, you were part of something. Once you had you, a real experience. Exactly. Once you have that real experience, you can have conversations with people and that in the the initial doubt of oh, you're just crazy. You just saw something, you, you know, like you're imagining things kind of goes away. And it's still, I think a good uh, paranormal investigator always has that, um, the logic on their side. So they're always thinking logical, but then they have the feel for the paranormal. So, um, for me, as this journey developed for me, I feel like I, I accumulated so many of my own personal experiences that I could relate a lot more to what people were saying and I could share stories. Um, so as we went on with the show, um, it was a lot of little things. We use the spirit box a lot. And um, there's some paranormal investigators or ghost hunters that will tell you uh, they rely on instinct, on what they feel. And, and hopefully those things get captured on camera or audio recording. Uh, there's some investigators that rely on gadgets, technology, mm -hmm. and it's a personal preference. Um, a piece of technology is like a, it's just a tool um, that something can use to communicate. Yeah. But you don't necessarily need that. Um but for us, for the pur purpose of video and for a show, you want that visual. You want the viewer to be able to see something, hear something, because uh, they're not going to feel it. Yeah, instinct doesn't show up on camera. Exactly. So we um, we use lots of tools and gadgets. My personal preference was the spirit box. Um, I got really comfortable using that. And then I had another thing. Um, we had the audio recorders, uh, but I had another thing called... Um, Oh my God, the FLIR. And mm -hmm. it was a thermal camera that you plug right into your phone, which was a great gadget because it's easy to use and it's, I mean, well, unless you pick up those cold spots. Exactly. It's visual. Um, so I got really familiar with the tools and anytime that something would happen with the spirit box, there was one episode later down the road, you probably didn't, it was towards the end. Um, and we were in a, um, an old house and we were using the spirit box and it was Christmas time. Mm -hmm. So we were trying to avoid showing that it was Christmas time when we we're filming the show, uh, <laughs> but it was very clearly Christmas time. There were Christmas trees everywhere, Christmas decorations. And uh, we were in upstairs in this like tiny little attic where the heater was. So it was very hot in that room. And uh, a man had shot himself in the corner of this house. And there was something in that corner of the place that he'd shot himself. So I asked the spirit box, there's something in the corner of the house um, where you killed yourself. What is it? And there's kind of like some static, some static, some static. And then clear as day, we hear Christmas tree. And it could have been a coincidence. It's the holiday time. Mm -hmm. Someone could have over the radio, it, it said Christmas tree and it picked it up. But the fact that it said it right when I asked it was just, to me, I get chills all over. And walking into that house, there's just a feeling. When you walk into somewhere that is super haunted and has a lot of energy, you, you know. feel it. You feel, yeah. and, 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 and I think for people that are sensitive, like you seem like you're a little bit sensitive to I've that stuff. I've seen a few things over the years. Yeah. yeah. So you can relate to me. When I say these things, you're like, yeah, you know. You don't look at me like I'm crazy because no. you've had experiences to open your eyes to it. Um, so there was lots of little tidbits along the way of the journey, the things like that that happened that, again, it could have been a coincidence, but I can't really explain that. And you can always chalk it up to maybe there's a radio guy who's selling Christmas trees and he's talking about the Christmas tree farm. But timing is, it's interesting. The timing is interesting. And in the first episode, you kind of explain the, the spirit box that it's scanning basically all the radio frequencies mm -hmm. because if something comes up on one frequency, then it's just a coincidence, something that you picked up. But right. when it comes through perfectly clear, clear, it means it's coming across multiple, multiple. frequencies at yep. the same time, yeah. which that's a little bit harder to, to wave away. Right. And... What I find 
incredibly interesting is it could have said anything. It's usually giving you static. So the the fact that it gave me that those two words at a time after I asked a question, mm -hmm. it's a coincidence, but it's a pretty strange coincidence. It's a pretty so, strong coincidence. Right. So we uh I take things like that as like, oh that that's probably something. Um but as we went along, there was more little things that we would hear or we would see. Um mostly for me it was things that I would feel. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize what that was yet. I I just hadn't figured it quite out what it was yet. And towards the end of the show, we went to our last stop was South Carolina. So we went to the old Charleston jail, which is if most people that are into ghost hunting know of this location, it's, it. a, yep. it's very haunted. Um, and it's you drive up to this lot and it just looks like this old building. Um and I remember getting out of the car and meeting our our hosts, like our tour guide um. So he kind of, we walked around the outside. He told us the history of the location, how long it had been around there, how many people died, like all of just the history. And then we go inside and we're going through the rooms or walking through the rooms and we're just getting kind of, you just get a feel for what happened there. You're hearing the stories and walking into those doors just felt wrong. Mm -hmm. It just felt like we shouldn't be there personally for me. I mean, the crew is there to do a job, so they're not really. They're like, here, we're here to film. We don't care if there's ghosts. We got a show to film, you know? <laughs> and for me, I'm like, ah, it just feels, it feels a little uncomfortable. And not to the sense where I was like, I don't, I, I need to leave, but it just, I didn't feel great about it. Mm -hmm. So we were there for quite a few hours getting more of the history, doing the essentially the tour of the building. And there's one room that we get into, which is like a stretching room almost, where they would basically like hang people up and stretch, stretch oh, them like, out. Like the rack? Yeah. And then there was a room where there's these cells and there's these little like there's like lines on the wall or on the ground where you can see that something was there and they were just like little boxes. And I said, what's that? And they said, oh, those are cells. And they were only like so many feet, three or four feet, maybe it was three feet. And I, I said, come again. And so people were basically like curled up into a ball in these little box prisons, and that's how they had to stay for long periods of time. Well, for any nerdy nerdy prisoners, it could be comforting to feel like you're back in your locker. Right, <laughs> right. But not for people like forever ago. And, no. you know, and the one crazy thing is women, men, and children would be kept in the same cells. Mm. So, you know, that doesn't mean good things. That means rape and killing yeah. and it just totally awful things happen there. And... So I already have, you're hearing all these stories and you just feel like this sense of just dread and sorrow and sadness. And, um, but we're telling a story. So we're sharing people's stories and, uh, they're sharing kind of like the local, the local ghosts mm -hmm. that haunt this place. And so we do the whole ghost, the day tour and we get all the information and then it gets dark and we're like, okay, now we're going to bring the gear out. We're going to do our ghost hunting stuff. So um, before this starts, we kind of go around, they're still setting up. Um, my husband and I go and we're just taking like Instagram photos. We're finding cool locations to take photos. Mm -hmm. So we're on the third floor of the prison and, uh, my husband's taking photos. It's by this creepy old wheelchair in the corner of a building. And he does the Instagram husband thing and he takes the photo and then he turns it around. So I walk up to him and you know, you look at the photo and you're like, Oh, I don't like this or yeah. I want to change this or that. So he takes a couple of photos. He turns the phone around and I kind of walk towards him. I'm like super pale and he's holding the phone at me and he just looks at me and he can tell something's wrong. I can, I don't remember this. I only know from what he told me because mm -hmm. I, I kind of was like blacked out. I don't really remember it all happening. It's just recollecting after everyone saying this is what happened. Mm -hmm. And I just walked past him and he's like, what, what, the, where are you going? What, what's happening? And I walk down one flight of stairs and I immediately, I'm just bawling. I'm 
overcome with emotion that I don't, it's fear, it's sadness, it's anger all at one time. I feel like there's like an elephant on my chest. I can't breathe. Mm -hmm. And I panic because initially you're like, I was fine. Why am I not fine? Why am I so afraid? And I'm like rushing down the stairs because I need to, I, in my mind, I'm like, you need to leave. You need to get out of here. You need to go somewhere safe. And I felt like I was kind of in danger. Mm -hmm. And so I get, it's three flights of stairs. Once I get to the bottom, the whole crew is right in my face with all the cameras, like what's wrong? And I'm crying. And then all of a sudden, like gone. You cross the threshold. Just fine. And I'm, then I'm just embarrassed because there's all these in there asking me what's wrong. And I'm like, I don't know what's wrong. Something just happened. I don't know what happened. So one of the producers of the show comes up and he's like, tell me what happened. And I explain it to him. And he said, do you know what an empath is? And I'm like, well, yeah. And he's like, well, that's what you are. And the second he said that I got like a crazy rush of emotion. I think I cried because I was so overwhelmed. And, um, it explained so much of not only filming the show of being able to feel things or being sensitive to things, but my life, um, being a kid and getting mad for no reason and realizing that I'm absorbing energies around me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that. And, um, in this place, you're in the old Charleston jail. I'm essentially in a room full of energies. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Some of them are sad. Some of them are angry. Uh, so at that moment, as something passed through me, I felt all of those emotions all at one time. And imagine feeling the emotions of someone's life that was essentially tortured yeah, in one moment. You're emotionally sensitive in a place that is just full of emotional echoes. Right. And it was it was so overwhelming. It was scary at first because I'm like, it's it's not like seeing something or seeing a ghost or seeing it's you're out of control. Yeah, that's in you. It's It's in you. You can't control it. And... After it happened and I would try to explain it to people and I'm like, I would start the story with, I know this is going to sound crazy, <laughs> but just hear me out. Um, and I would say after the show, nothing as intense has ever happened, but I feel like that was my moment to have something happen big enough for me for it to be a thing. Mm -hmm. My biggest fear going into this show is that we would film this whole show and nothing would happen. We wouldn't get anything on camera because you think you're going ghost hunting and you want something to appear to you. It's not like they're on call and they're just going to show up because you want them to, exactly. you know, it's, it's up to them to reveal themselves and we can just hope that we are prepared and have the right equipment to get that recorded or on camera. So my biggest fear was not getting anything or not having anything happen where people would be entertained and want to watch. And I feel like it was our very last day of filming, our last location. It was, I feel like it was more for me mm -hmm. um, because I can't show that. I can't yeah, show that coming camera. through. Um, you can see my emotions. And most people that watched it said that they were so concerned because I'd never, ex I'd never shown any of those emotions the whole show. It's always kind of like happy. We're having fun. Yeah. Maybe a little scary. Um, but it was complete. Uh, I was a completely different person. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was one of the things I was, I was so afraid. And then right after that, um, they said, Hey, we're going to have you have one of the night vision cameras, but you're going to be alone. And I said, oh, lovely. Come again. <laughs> Actually, they told me this before, but I was like, that's we're not going to do that. That's <laughs> I'm not going to. That's not going to happen. And so there was a room that they gave me the night vision camera and then they locked me in this giant room by myself because this entire show, I had what I called my security blanket, which was my crew. Mm -hmm. um, I had usually two camera guys, an audio guy at minimum. It was usually like five to six people around me all the time. So well, I was, husband as well. and my was husband there was there. And the sometimes time. he was in the room or sometimes he was off investigating alone mm -hmm. by himself, like a crazy person that he is. Um, but I always had my security blanket. So I figured, oh, what can 
possibly go wrong. There's a lot of us. So if anything happens, we're all here to protect each other. And then they're like, here, take this camera, go in the room. We're going to lock the door behind you. And I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to play this game anymore. Um, so I go into this room and immediately I walk around and you you can only see what you see on that little screen. You mm -hmm. can't. So it's an old place. You hear the sounds, you hear the creaks, things that are freaking you out. And they said, Hey, just, just try it. We're right outside the door. All you have to do is like, say something. We can hear you. We'll, we'll come and help you if anything goes wrong. So I walk around the room. I do like a perimeter of the room and then I find a wall and I grab the camera and I push myself up with my back against the wall because I feel safety knowing that there's nothing that there's can nothing be behind, behind me. At least there's nothing behind me. So I think. Um, and they said, you know, like 10, 15 minutes, just kind of see how you feel, see if you get anything. And then when you're done, just come out. I was in that room for 45 minutes and I had no idea. It was like I was in a whole nother world. And it was the weirdest sensation because they finally, I finally heard, I think I heard steps coming up because they're like, is she okay? We don't really hear anything. Is everything fine? Mm -hmm. And I feel like my, I was so afraid that I just, I started talking to myself. I just was like talking to whatever could possibly be there. And, um, I, I definitely saw something that I don't think we got on camera. I definitely heard things, but again, it could have been, could have been, it could have been my mind playing tricks yeah, on me because I was so afraid. It could have, yeah. yeah. Um, so but it was just the fact of when you're afraid what your body does mm -hmm. and how you're how you rationalize fear and the things that you do that immediately I thought I was like, oh, I'll be in here for like five minutes. I'm going to my body's going to tell me the least amount of time and then we're going to be out of here. <laughs> but I think um, unconsciously I was hoping that something would happen and I was really like in the zone and I'm, I'm going to be in this room and I'm going to give it my all and I'm going to open up myself to this energy. Um, and time flew by. So it was for me a period of overcoming fears, learning a lot about myself and realizing how much I've been tapped into the spiritual world mm -hmm. and didn't really know it yet. Um, so I guess my whole story kind of is for other people out there that are interested or um, have experiences and are a little bit on the fence. Um, cause it's one thing to talk about, oh, that would be fun. Oh, this would be a great idea. Oh, we should do this and actually feeling comfortable enough to go do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and for me, it was a very unique experience cause I had a crew of people. I had a, a, a support system around me while I did this show and this journey. Um, but I really recommend for people that if that's something that you're interested in, if it's something that you feel that you're sensitive to, um, and you want to explore that world, it is, it can be so rewarding. And I think a lot of the time it's associated with negative. It's associated with being afraid or being mm -hmm. spooked out or being, being scared, um, which all of those things are, are part of it. Um, but it can be really rewarding. You can learn a lot about yourself, um, and also help other people. I think for me, uh, people are now more comfortable coming up and saying, Hey, you know, I had this experience, like, can I talk to you about it? Mm -hmm. And that is amazing. Like, I just love sharing scary stories with people and people feeling comfortable enough to share those things with me. Well, and one thing that you did really well with that show is that, well, first off, you had fun with it. It was yeah. a lot of the ghost hunting shows, It they sometimes feel like a bit of an obligation when you're watching them. But for yeah. yours, it was very entertaining and you're giving a lot of history of the place. And it's you, like you said, right. you have that travel show aspect of it. And then you also rolled in the social media aspect yeah. right on the show. Yeah. So it was it was a very unique take on it. And the way that you went into the to the ghost hunting, like the mindset that you had, usually it's one of two camps that you see on there. There's either the person that 
every creak that a house makes is a ghost. Mm-hmm. Everything is yeah. is exactly what we believe it is. Or there's the people that say, this isn't real. I'm going to go and disprove everything. Right. And you're going in with the the mindset of, we'll disprove what we can because the things that we can't disprove are the ones that we want to look at. Right. And, and it could the, be something and it could be nothing. It could be. But it's the fact that we're we're going to do our due diligence mm-hmm. to make sure that we're not like crying ghost for everything. Yeah. You know? You're going in without a bias. Yeah. And that's the, the only true way to investigate it. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, I think one cool thing that that I really loved is I wanted to have something that was open to people that weren't just ghost hunting fans. Mm-hmm. Um, you, a lot of the times there's a certain type of person that is going to tune into the certain type of show because that's their thing. Um, but with our show, we really wanted people that maybe are interested in like cool foods because we we tried a lot of cool foods, cool locations. Or that music box, par- music the, box park in, how cool that you went that? to in the first episode. Music that box was village. Yeah. It is such a cool and unique thing that... I had never heard of. I probably would have never heard of if it weren't for filming the show. Mm. So kind of finding those little gems of of things that are all based around uh, not necessarily haunted culture, but around areas that are haunted, that yeah. people that do ghost hunting would be in those areas. So, hey, you want to check out this haunted prison, uh, but you can also have this amazing food or check out this really cool art uh, installation. Mm-hmm. Um, so really find, finding a way to open this world up to people that may not of otherwise been interested in it and find that, hey, this was a cool thing and I didn't know that was there and I'd like to check that out. So I feel like we had a really unique way of uh, ghost hunting in our show mm-hmm. um, and I'm really glad that people liked it. Yeah, it, well, it was <laughs> it was set up in a way that it could be entertaining for whoever watched it. Yeah. And that, that was something that a lot of shows missed the mark that they, here's our target audience, we will cater exa- exclusively to these people. Yeah. And you kind of, you opened it up. Yeah. You made it something that's a bit more universal. That was our goal. So I'm glad it worked. <laughs> so speaking of shows, let's talk about some of the other stuff that you've done. Yeah. Uh, tell me about Best Fiends. Best Fiends so, Forever. Best Fiends Forever. Uh, the Fiends are, it's my puppet show. Mm-hmm. So I'm the human in the show and we have a zombie, a ghost, a werewolf, a bat, uh, a cat, a candy corn, a pumpkin. <laughs> uh, so we are a Halloween family. And essentially what we want, it's my husband and I that do this and are some puppeteer friends of ours. You, you've, you've called him out a couple, at least let his name be on the show. Oh, Cameron, my husband, Cameron. <laughs> Let's give him a shout um, out because he's your, he's your partner in he's crime and he's been on, yeah. on, on your side with all of these things. Yes, he's always there and we're, we're the two-man team. And what we really wanted to accomplish with this show is we grew up as Halloween kids. Mm-hmm. We grew up with the Addams Family, the Munsters. Um, Beetlejuice, like spookier cartoons and shows that were wholesome, but yet funny and you could enjoy with your family. Mm -hmm. And there's not a whole lot of that on TV anymore, Um, especially with puppets. I mean, we still have Sesame Street, but there's nothing that's like the Halloween family would want to watch together, you know? And uh, it's something that we love. And not only do we want to encourage families to enjoy, we call it frightful fun for all ages. The Mm -hmm. parents can enjoy it. The little ones can enjoy it. Um, we, we want people that love the Halloween lifestyle to have a thing, to have the thing that we kind of wish that we still had. And, uh, also to encourage kids to use their imagination and to not get consumed by the tablet or the cell phone or the computer, the video game, uh, do what we did is we had a cardboard box from the dishwasher and we made a castle out of it. That was the best toy ever. Right. Our parents were like, we're not, we were talking about this with someone the other day and they're like, we're not buying our kids toys. We're just going to give them the Amazon box because they're having more fun with the Amazon box than the $50 toy. In my family, it was the tubes out of paper towels. Yeah, we, yeah. we could turn you, those into absolutely any toy. Swords, 
um, what do you call those? The yeah, telescopes. telescopes. Um, so for us, we really, with our episodes, we do stuff for like little ones where we do ABCs and one, two, threes. We also do like for the older kids using your imagination mm -hmm. and for even older kids and adults, we do cooking. Uh, so we make creepy treats. Um, so we really just want to encourage people, families to do things together, kids to use their imagination, but all under the spooky umbrella. So um, it's our lifestyle. People always ask like, when do you undecorate for Halloween? I'm like, that's not a thing. It's Halloween every day of my life. <laughs> people don't understand what goth was right i feel like sad. i feel like that term is kind of like misused people don't really understand they, they it they think that all goths ever do is go and sack rome and now. worship satan that. they worship satan oh, yeah. we're all worship black satan, you know eat babies all of that stuff babies. yeah it's i mean i'm sure maybe along the line that was part of it some people did that but that's not really what it is i just like the music and the clothes right really. <laughs> right we just like both of us sitting in, in, across in from black. each other in all black <laughs> um and then i have you see you have a, an orange battery case i have an orange or Halloween yeah, colors all the time. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, it's something that I love. I love puppets. I love Halloween. Mm -hmm. Um, I love crafting. I love cooking. I love singing. Uh, so we basically mashed all of the things that we love. Actually, I take that back. I don't love singing. I've learned to love singing. Um, uh, so yeah, it's, um, it's my baby. It's one of my babies. I love it so much. And we actually just published our very first children's book, which is super exciting. Awesome. Um, it's one of the things that I've always wanted to be a children's author. And uh, we did a Kickstarter campaign where for every book that was purchased, one will get donated to a children's hospital, library, or school. Um, so those books are on the way. And then once they get here, we're going to set up like reading so the puppets can come to the children's hospital and um, really just get that interaction. Mm -hmm. um, which to me like warms my heart every time I see a kid come up and they pick up the book or they watch the video on the screen and they just smile. Like that's that's what it is for me. And it's going to make more goths. And it's going to make more little Halloween kids. We and that's our more. goal. We want all the little Halloween kids to take over the world with us. Well, and again, it's taking something that would normally be very narrow, specific to one demographic, and you're making it so it can be entertaining for everyone. Yeah. The cutest thing this weekend was uh, there was a little girl that came up and we have a banner next to our booth and it's a coffin so mm -hmm. that people can stand in front of the coffin and all the characters are popping out of the side of the coffin. It's a little photo op. And a dad comes up with his kids and there was a little boy and he was super pumped and he goes and stands in front of the coffin and he puts his arms across him and he pretends that he's dead. <laughs> and it was so, he was probably like five. It was adorable. And then the little girl, you see her kind of peeking around the corner and she's looking at it and she's kind of smiling. And her dad said, she's scared of werewolves. And I said, oh, honey, he's not a scary werewolf. And I took the book over to her and I showed her, I was like, his name's Howlin. And I kind of start reading the book to her and she starts laughing and smiling. And then she went and took a photo and I was like, oh my God, my heart. And he's like, thank you so much. Cause I feel like, um, and he took a card and she's like, I'm going to show her the videos. And sometimes kids are scared because of the reaction. It's like a little kid gets hurt. They fall down. If you go, <gasps> They're probably going to look at you and they're going to cry. But if you're like, hey, buddy, you're good. Walk it off. Like, come on, let's go. He's probably just going to walk it off. Mm -hmm. um, so little kids a lot of the time are scared because of other people's reactions. And uh, all it took was for me to say, oh, no, he's not scary. This is his name. This is who he is. Look at how cute he is as a cartoon. And she's like, all right. All right. I'm not cool scared with that. anymore. Yeah, not scared. Uh, let's talk about your podcast. Yeah. Uh, you've got seven episodes out right now. Uh, we you just recorded episode eight yesterday. I was yeah. lucky enough to be in the audience yeah, at, thank you at, for your, uh, at your recording, and you had Jim Cummins, yeah, who was a he's wonderful great. guest. Um, it's called Let's Get Spooky. Uh, let's tell people about that. Let's get let's build you some more audience. Yay! Thank you. So Let's Get Spooky is a show and podcast. So we film the show, so you can choose to watch it on the website. It's letsgetspooky.com, mm -hmm. or you can listen on iTunes or Spotify. Um, and essentially, the show is me and my friends 
talking about spooky stuff, horror with uh, movies, shows, uh, culture, lifestyle, just anything under the spooky umbrella. Um, and it's just really about having fun. Um, we didn't, I've done this show in kind of different facets of just trying to like stream it. And I feel like with Let's Get Spooky, we've, I finally found the right format that just is fun and it works. Mm -hmm. And really what it's all about is not thinking about it too much and finding something that's cool that we want to talk about and just having a good time with it. And one of the unique things that we do in the show, we do a segment, it's called Creepy Treats. <laughs> um, you saw it yesterday yeah, I was with, for that part with, yesterday. with Jim. Um, but the show, my friend Ashley that's on the show with me, is not – creepy treats are just like what they sound. They're the creepy things that you eat and usually of the bug variety because that's just fun. It's really just fun for me to watch people squirm because um, I don't mind eating bugs. But she is not a fan of bugs at all. So anytime I take the little topper off the little cake tray, she's like, oh, damn it. <laughs> Nobody going to make me eat now. Um, but with the panel with Jim, he was super down. He's like, I've been to Louisiana. I've eaten all sorts of bugs. So we ate crickets. We ate mealworms. Um, but it's really just a show that's fun to celebrate horror and that spooky lifestyle. And kind of um, Ashley and I touched about it in one of the episodes. I didn't have anything like that when I was growing up. I was into like spooky stuff, but all we had was like movies and shows maybe. Yeah, if you think it's real, you keep that to yourself. Right. People just thought you were weird. Yeah. So um, now I feel like people are a little bit more open to it and people are into the Halloween and spooky culture. Um, but just giving this whole weekend, there's been people that have come up and uh, one girl actually today before you came by uh, was sharing all the haunted places in Calgary. And she's like, hey, you should go here. You should go there. And she said, I love listening to the show. And for me, that's what it's all about. If it's if we can give something to one person that makes them excited because it's a topic that they're interested in. Mm -hmm. That's all I need. I just want people to have fun and have fun with us. You know, that's what it's about. Well, and let yourself believe it. Yeah. If, if you've seen something that you can't not believe, don't, don't hold it in. Yeah. And like I had said, uh, speaking with you yesterday, if you find yourself in Calgary when it's nice out, uh, we're going, we're, we're doing some we're stuff. We're doing the, the yeah. tour. I, 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 I'm a, a tour guide and a driver for Rocky Mountain Sidecar Adventures, and we do a haunted Calgary tour on old Russian sidecar motorcycles. That's and like we, we wait until goals. night, and then we we ride around to various haunted locations around town. And we have a, a gentleman, he's a previous guest of the show named Callum Lycan. So if anyone listens to the show, you already know the accent there because <laughs> he used to run ghost tours in Edinburgh. And he comes and comes along and narrates, which is like spooky factor times ten yeah, with the accent, right? Oh, it just adds so much. To yeah, it. and there's there's everywhere you go, you're going to be able to find that. You just need yeah. to be able to look for it, right? And even with uh, with Jim yesterday, I mean, Jim comes if uh, for listeners, if you don't know, he's Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, and like, Tigger this guy is a legend. Darkwing Duck, he's Tasmanian Devil, he's yeah. Cat Dog. I mean, we could go on forever. And, he's and, done amazing voices. And you ask him, well, what was your first experience with the supernatural? And man, his story was a doozy with yeah. the, the light off the boat. And yeah. That, I'm not going to give it away. Go and listen to Let's Get yeah, Spooky if you want to hear Yeah, he's got some good ones. Story. And then the, the hairs on the neck, it's like all cool stuff. And I think I think a lot of people have had those experiences. Mm -hmm. To be 100% honest, I think a lot of people have had those experiences and you disregard them. Because you know that if you share them, people are going to think you're crazy unless you're in the right company. If you shared those stories with us, we'd be like, hell yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Tell us more. Um, but some people... Otherwise, it's show me the pictures. Exactly, or are afraid, yeah. um, and they don't want to know that ghosts are real. So, so I think we have given listeners a lot of opportunities yeah. to go and find a lot of really cool, entertaining stuff. There is more that I'm sure that I've missed. We could talk forever. If, but if you Google Leanna Vamp, L E E A N N A Vamp, I'll I'll get all sorts of links up in the liner notes, and we are going to uh, 
we're going to give you the opportunity to go and find all this stuff because pretty much everything you've done has just been gold. Thank it's, you. It's entertaining. So sweet. Thank it's you. It's fun. It's spooky. And it's it's done in such a way that it's open and entertaining for anybody that wants to watch. Thank you so much. That means a lot. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank Thanks you for, for having for sharing me. the stories. And I would like to thank all of you at home for listening to our 40th episodes. It feels yeah. like a bit of a landmark. Celebration. 40. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to thank everybody out there for listening and and for inviting us into your ears. If you've enjoyed this episode as much as I have, please head over to iTunes, the Google Play Store, wherever it is that you get your, your podcast from. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss a future episode. While you're there, we would absolutely love it if you could leave us a rating or a quick review. The more of those that we have, the higher we'll appear in the search results, allowing us to find more fantastic guests and bring more stories to more of you. If you have a story that you would like to feature on the show, drop me a line, liam at capturinglegacies.com, and we will get you on the show. And until next time, remember, everybody has a story to tell, and it's time to tell yours. Thanks.